0: Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry. West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi,
1: welcome to My Ag Life. Today, we're talking with Vern Johnson, CCA and PCA, and president of Arizona Ag Solutions, about key items to look at on your vineyard soil report and obtaining balanced and increased overall soil health. Welcome to the show, Vern. Yeah,
0: thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you here. Vern, let's start off by talking about soil health in the vineyard, just in general, you know, how can a healthy soil affect vines and overall yield? And conversely, how can an unhealthy soil also
0: affect these? I I think, and this is not necessarily in vineyards, but it's, it's in every crop. When we have a, you know, we have healthier soil, we're going to, <clears throat> we're going to use less water, um, where I'm at over here in southeastern Arizona and into New Mexico, all of our vineyard systems are all, all these cropping systems are all irrigated. Uh, so that poses another challenge for us in dealing with, uh, you know, differences in irrigation water, some poor quality, some, you know, some good quality, but nevertheless, you know, in these all soils in the southwest, we're going to have a lot, you know, we're going to have issues with calcium and bicarbonates in most all places. Uh, so when we look at, we we have to deal with that whereas i think many grape growers in other areas use water very minimally or, or used on at all and are relying on rainfall we certainly have that challenge over here so we have to take soils who uh, which are, are probably not most of the ideally uh set for agricultural use in many cases especially in our wine grapes we're coming into some very very difficult uh, challenging hillside situations, uh, trying to get above you know the frost level, so we get some real you know interesting challenges with these, and so creating from what was native uh, uh, you know Arizona New Mexican uh, you know high desert land into. Uh, a healthy soil or a healthy soil biome for these uh, for these vineyards is is rather difficult. I mean, these are soils that are incredibly low in organic matter. They're incredibly low in many nutrient factions that are that, that that simply have to be improved. So, for us to be able to have a sustainable system for 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 my growers, we have to develop that soil health, balance that nutrient out, uh, so that we have the proper exchanges and giving this plant what it needs so that that plant can be sustainable. In many cases, if that's not addressed, right, mortality rates in vineyards uh, in Arizona have been significantly high through the, through the years that they've developed this, uh, this, uh, what's really a a bright and shining uh, um, and developing uh, uh, business over here. It's really gotten pretty big. We've got, you know, now I think there's, we're up to three or maybe four uh, assigned, uh, AVAs, uh, which we had one for the longest time, the Sonoida, you know, Elgin AVA, I think it's a Senoida AVA. Uh, now we have Wilcox, we've one in Verde Valley, and I believe there's another one in the Wilcox area <coughs> that's being worked on, or or uh, is there? But nevertheless, uh, it, it's a real challenge going for for going to places where grapes haven't been grown, and we're trying to produce, you know, essentially these growers are trying to produce world class wines. So we have to really work at that, and healthy soil is the key. Decreasing mortality getting the yield we don't necessarily equate yield with with uh, success in wine grapes here but it's really quality and and soil health gets us there we have to have that uh, increased organic matter we're doing a lot with uh, the last you know few years doing some with uh, uh, more with with biology and adding biology to the uh, to that soil uh, and balancing no nutrients out and and having a a much higher degree of success my growers are in doing so.
1: And one of the best ways to sort of act on optimizing those soils is by, um, you know, taking a soil sample, submitting it to a lab and obtaining a report. So, you know, for grape growers, what are some of the key items that they should really look for on those soil reports um, to really obtain that balance in the soil?
0: Number one thing you have to have is base saturation and uh, and cation exchange for CEC. Really need that. Really need those bases. We need to understand where we're at with calcium, magnesium, potassium, and sodium and hydrogen. We need to understand where we're at with that. <clears throat> and subsequently, we need to have that CEC on that as well. Um, I have found in, in in my time in Arizona here in the Southwest that uh, there are labs that are not openly offering that uh, that CEC or base saturation on a soil report, um, even so much as, as, as some guys have said, well, that's a, a Midwestern idea. Well, the last I've seen in the Midwest, as well as out here, I mean, they may be a different classification of soil and our ridisols will pose, pose different challenges than it will in the Midwest. Um, and CCA is going to test to that. If you're out in the Midwest and you're we're trying to we're we're studying to get our exam taken care of, and we're looking at aluminum. Aluminum doesn't mean too much to us out here, but to the you know I would imagine to the corn grower in in, in southeastern uh, Illinois or Iowa or whatever it might be, that's a that's a a significant problem to them. We don't have to deal with that problem, that set of problems. We have a whole other set of problems that they may not may or may not have to deal with but for us when we when we get a soil report we have to get that cec and that and that base saturation we really need to look at that because that's going to tell us how big the room is and I like to equate it with size and looking at soil with size, but how big is the room that we're trying to influence? If we just simply look at parts per million, if we just simply look at that from a standpoint, we don't realize how much space is within the soil that we're trying to influence. Uh, making recommendations are, are, are very, very difficult. Like, granted, there's people in the business that do make these recommendations and they, they have a way of going about it. And they've, they've, maybe they've had some successes. But when I'm trying to take every dollar that I can and stretch it as far as I can for my growers, and develop those things that we're looking for from the healthy vine, healthy soil health, and that, and making the right moves at the right time, we need to know that that cation exchange and and uh, and and base saturation. We have to have that. You know, obviously after that, we we want to make sure that we have, you know, sulfur, zinc, iron, you know, manganese and boron. Those are really must uh, after that I can I can do a lot with that in itself uh, you know we get requests and we take a look at selenium in some places and um we've looked at molybdenum over years uh, in, in thinking that we might have had a problem there but if you can get the bases you can get nitrogen you know get it get a nitrate nitrogen nitrogen uh, uh test done on there and then you know phosphate obviously and the right phosphate for the area um that's going to give you what you need plus the plus the micros is really what we can do. We, we look at, we can build, uh, you know, we think powerful and correct recommendations, uh, utilizing the right amount of inputs to, to grow that crop and develop a, whole, uh, a healthy soil profile.
1: And I want to circle back to that, you know, what you were saying about some labs not providing the metrics for CEC or base saturation levels. Why do you think there's still labs out there that aren't providing those metrics? You know, how do, how do you know, we as, the, as an ag industry really get some of these labs to, to start providing those being how important they are?
0: I, I think we need to, and, and we've, we've talked about this within our Western Region Board, uh, about reaching out and getting more CCAs and CPAGs um, aboard and accredited. I think that's really where it stands. I think, you know, what, what ICCA does for, for our group and, and and particularly crop advisors uh, and particularly CCAs. I mean, PCAs are a different animal. I happen to, <clears throat> I happen to be both. Um, I, I, I make, I, even to my growers, know. I, I don't hide it. I enjoy the crop advising and agronomy side of, of the business more than I do pest control uh, but I still love, I mean, I love the whole thing. I love everything about being on the farm. Uh, and most of us that are involved in this really do. But uh, for me, the agronomy is really the, the, the true challenge. is the, the fun part. It's where we can, you know, the science is incredible. And there's a lot of different philosophies and how to do this. Everybody's got a little different turn. I, I think there's a lot of gray area when it comes to to looking at this now, when I look at it, there's not much gray area. I, I've really got it down, and, and it's the world of agronomy according to Vern and and my team here and what we're doing at Arizona Ag Solutions. We look at it differently than others, and I, I think for there to to channel this thing down is to get you know and get the get the labs to encourage them to participate in the ICCA program, in the in in and become a, a CPAG or a, a CCA. I think that's really key. And, and in Arizona, there's not a lot of us. I think it, you know, I haven't done the count in a while, but I think there's you know less than 60, maybe between 50 or 60 CCAs and CPAGs in the state of Arizona. Um, I've been fortunate. I got it. I got it back. I think, I, I think I got mine in 15, if I remember right. It's uh, hanging it up on the wall there. I don't have the original one up there, but it's been, uh, uh, I think since 15 and and a lot of the business that I gained over the years since I got got involved uh, since then had to do with the fact of me having that CCA license and I you know hopefully one day can can have the time to get the uh, CC uh, CPAG accreditation. that's a goal of mine within my career. but um, yeah, to you know that's a long-winded answer to to say I think the, to increase that professionalism and involvement in our in our CCA and CPAG program would help streamline that.
1: Okay, certainly. Good sentiment there, Bern. We're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors. Brought to you by West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and My Ag Life. In conjunction with UC Cooperative Extension, the North Valley Nut Conference is back. Join hundreds of tree nut growers, consultants, and industry professionals. Learn about new technologies and research. Earn continuing education units network with other industry members over coffee, donuts and lunch. Join us June 8th at the Glen County Fairgrounds in Orland, California. Register today at wcngg.com/events. Hi, we're back talking with Vern Johnson, CCA and PCA and president of Arizona Ag Solutions about key items to look at on your vineyard soil report and obtaining balanced and increased overall soil health. Vern, continuing on that topic of cation exchange capacity and base saturation levels, you know, you really did stress the importance of it, uh, but it's really important to compute those on those reports. You know, why is it really difficult at the end of the day to make some of these precise recommendations to improve the health of your soil if you don't have those two things computed?
0: Well, I think if, if we, we don't have those computed, when we look at the standard soil reports, going to give us feedback, not only if we ask for base saturation, we're also going to see levels within the soil with a calcium, you know, uh, magnesium, potassium, and sodium being found in parts per million. And we know that we can, you know, we've got some conversions that we could make and we can find out how many actual pounds are within that soil profile based on parts per million and what we know the average soiled away. So we can convert that to pounds. But what becomes very interesting, and I think what many forget when it comes to looking at soil, if we do not have a read on that CEC, which is at a cation exchange capacity. If that's a two or a three, and we have 145 parts, let's say we have 145 parts per million of, of potassium, and that's a two or a three CEC. That means something completely different than, let's say we have a 16 CEC and 145 parts. In one, we almost have a level of potassium that would be adequate to, to high. Uh, in the other case, we have it, it's, it's incredibly deficient. And so, when we talk about that, when I talk about the CC to Growers, I compare it to either a room, I use an analogy about a room in a social setting. Okay. And we have to, if we have this big room and we have 10 people in it, well, we probably overdid ourselves there as far as square footage, <clears throat> but how are they going to interact within themselves? And so let's take that same room and, and let's take and put 10,000 people in this room and everybody's crammed in there tight, or maybe there's some spilling on the outside we can't interact very well in there. And we know everything when it comes to the exchange site and going into the plant, there is a process to it. Many, I think those are what I, I talk to and talk to somebody who I believe to have good knowledge about soil can say one thing. And then this kind of gets the conversation going. Calcium's the bus, boron is the driver. Those sort of things, that sort of thinking, that mentality, just in those two nutrients gets us to understand, okay, now we're talking about exchange site, we're talking about what it's gonna to take to get that nutrient to go into the plant. And so for us to be able to do that and then subsequently make powerful recommendations, we have to know that room size, we have to know what how big that area is at which we're we're computing? Is that CEC low? Is that CEC high? Those of us that know low CECs, usually that they have a little larger grain size uh, or, or particle size out there. Those are going to be sandy soils, they don't have the capacity to hold water, they don't have the capacity to to hold nutrients. We have to look at those different. Then we have to look on a You know, soil that has maybe even an inflated CEC because of excess calcium and excess bicarbonates in it that make that soil another set of challenges. So just simply looking and computing how many pounds per acre that we have from our soil report without understanding the size of that exchange site, that size of that room, we really can't make a power. We can't make a correct uh, recommendation there. And so subsequently that can decrease production. That can cost a grower, you know, money that doesn't need to be spent when we could just look at it, maybe spend that dollar a little bit differently to try to improve production in some other manner. So um, size of the room, size of the room and, and how many players are in that room. We have to determine that before pounds really matter to us.
1: And on the topic of dollar spending, Vern, you know, obviously taking uh, soil health into consideration for a vineyard or other crop is of utmost importance, but executing the uh, measurements to better soil health on an economic scale um, can be difficult, especially with these high input prices that we've been experiencing. So, you know, in the in the instance where a grape soil report comes back and and shows a lot of detriments or, or needs of the soil, you know, how can a grower really approach those issues efficiently for soil and the crop Uh without breaking the bank at the end of the day
0: in many times I can't and and I've dealt with situations where that can be a real challenge and I think we have to take a look at them we have to take a look at them pretty pragmatically and and see we have to make the big moves that we need to make over the long term and and sort of look at it rather than uh, this has been a a change I, I work for an ag retailer uh for 15 plus years, and and uh, still involved in them with them uh, now as a as a vendor, uh, and rather than a than an employee salesman or an authorized agent, and a wonderful experience. They uh, taught me so much about the business and what it is. But one of the things I'm relieved of in my where I'm at now is I don't have to make a recommendation to get commission sales. And it's always really hard to try to tell somebody when you have a dog in a fight. And I think that's why there's so many of us that gravitate toward being, you know, fully independent says, okay, look, I don't have a dog in this fight here, but you know, we need to take three years and we need to look at it this way. Maybe, maybe it's, we got to have a calcium program whether it's a lime or a gypsum program depending on where it's at we have to take a look and we have to try to move the cations all the while we still have to take a look at what the crop removal rates are for through nutrition so we need to address we need to address the nitrogen there and you know the micronutrient functions and so i think it's really it's really good and and i'm I've never been good in this business and dealing with growers who come to me who want a quick fix because this isn't especially dealing with perennial crops I need you and my best partners were in it for the long haul together this is a relationship they rely on what it have what i have the insight that i have looking forward and so i have somebody who comes to me and say hey i need to you know i need to I need a fertilizer program for 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 right now well my program really doesn't work good for this season my program's going to work good for a while for you because so many times we have to just break it down and look down we may need 4 or 500 dollars worth of an acre of of inputs and how are we best going to manage the cash flows, get better production levels <clears throat> without without stifling liquidity? That's a real challenge. And that takes a, a strong partnership between crop advisor or agronomist and, and and the grower themselves. And so I don't have any simple way to say how we do that, but just that by a case-by-case basis, we have to take the long-term and the need and the cost and balance that with the crop removal rate. And again, those are two very, very gray areas. Even when it comes down to when I look at wine grapes, I have substantially what I feel is the right metric of pounds of N removed for crop that we're trying to do and dealing with our situation out here, which is different than, you know, uh, most of what you might see in a, a book published in California or, or France or Italy for, for, you know, for, uh, for what it's worth. So we have to look at it in that, look at it as uh, look at it a bit further down the road and really make a decision that's going to get just be pragmatic and get us to where we need to be um, with the least amount of pain possible, both financially or detriment to the problem.
1: Certainly. And that sounds like it kind of follows the same sentiment of, you know, when uh, when a grower is thinking about maybe skipping an input for a season and just doing it the next season, it's like, well, no, you got to do it this season because you're growing for next season and the season after and the season after. It it kind of sounds like that's following the same logic there. It's
0: absolutely, absolutely is. I mean, and it's very very hard to make a. It's a one sided recommendation if we look at just for this year in a perennial crop. I mean, it's different if we're growing thirty five day baby leaf. Uh, that's a little different story. Now, we, gotta, we got 35 days to get this thing right. But, you know, with a wine grape crop uh, or, you know, I spend a lot of time in tree nuts as well and those things. What we do this year is affecting the crop moving forward. So it is a really long-term look at agronomy to get where we need to be. And uh, I think that's difficult for some because we can't make big sweeping changes very easily with, uh, when it comes to soil and, and soil health.
1: Well, Vern, that's uh, that's all really great info about, uh, you know, soil health and vineyards and just in general. Anything else on a soil report or just about soil in general uh, and vineyards that you think growers should really keep in mind throughout the season? Anything we might have not covered?
0: Don't focus on pH. The least important number or indicator that you're going to find on that soil report is pH. I think that's the first place that, that many look at. Um, you know, remember. I, I think it's the Hefty brothers. I'm a, a very big fan of, and they they have a great podcast uh, and are on Sirius XM as well. And you listen to those, and they talk about you know there's 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 four or five things that that uh, influence soil pH, and you know, cation balance is certainly one of those. And you know, we have certain nutrients. That sodium is 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 four times uh, has four times the power to run our run our pH alkaline as does calcium. So just looking at pH gives us it gives us a, 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 in some, it's a, some, some information there, but really should be looking at another item you, know, you asked earlier, what else should be on the soil report? EC should be on there. EC is more important for us to look at than than pH. pH, when we balance all of our nutrients out, the pH will work itself out. Let's not hang ourselves up on the pH. Let's hang ourselves up on cation balance. Let's hang ourselves up on micronutrient balance. Let's hang ourselves up on EC in those really tough soils. That's where we need to look for first, but worry too much about the pH. You take care of business, pH will work itself out.
1: Definitely. Good way to wrap it up there, Vern. We appreciate you being on the show today and talking about soil health and vineyards. And uh, we hope to have you back again soon.
0: Ah, terrific thank you very much
1: this is taylor with my ag life signing off
0: thank you for listening
1: subscribe for updates exclusive content and more at myaglife.com